Welcome to the chase. The Chiefs is a White Arc podcast aimed at specifically giving you an insight into what makes great leaders and entrepreneurs in a variety of organisations tick. We call them Chiefs. My name is James Chuffatelli and together with my White Arc co-chief, Joe Hands, we're going to attempt to take you on a journey and talk to as many chiefs across as many industries as we can to give you an insight into A, what makes them tick, and B, what makes their enterprises thrive, and more importantly, what they've learned along the way. The Chiefs. All right, so here we go. Welcome to another edition of The Chiefs, and I'm really thrilled today to have the wonderful Andrew Curry, the CEO and Director of Aussie Home Services. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me on. It's magnificent to have you. So The Chiefs is all about, we talk to as many chiefs, entrepreneurs, business owners as we can with a view to actually seeing what we can learn from you wonderful people. I'm so, so thrilled to have you on board. I've known Andrew for many, many years and he's got a wonderful story and a wonderful business. So today we're going to do our best uh, to get a little bit of an insight into what makes A, Andrew tick and B, see whether we can share some of the learnings that Andrew's had so that you too can take them forward on your journey. So Andrew, without further ado, Aussie Home Services, what a magnificent business yourself and, and Jennifer have created. Tell us about the idea. When did Aussie start? How was it born? And then how did you sort of get to where you're at today, which is this magnificent business that is franchised and, and really growing at a rapid rate? Well, I mean, to kind of go back to the beginning, straight out of school, I um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of figured the trade was the way to go. So in 2004, I started my electrical apprenticeship. And literally, like within a year of finishing it, I started my own business. So in 2009, I started my own business, a typical one-man and van kind of operation. From there, I focused purely on the commercial sector of the industry. I was really fortunate in the early days to kind of roll out some really large projects for, I guess, a guy of my age and obviously my experience. To name a couple, one was the initial phase of the uh, downline replacement program, the commercial program through the uh, government energy scheme. Another one was we rolled out a whole heap of uh, equipment for McDonald's, the ordering stuff, the ordering screen, all throughout New South Wales. Uh, that's just to name a couple. Then in around 2014, I kind of saw an opening in the residential market. During my time from 2009, 2014, I had learned quite a number of uh, marketing and advertising tactics and my experience through that uh, avenue had grown quite considerably. You know, for me, customer service has always been the foundation of what my business has been built on. And I, I thought there was an opening and I took it. Aussie Home Services was, was kind of born from that customer service passion. From there, within a couple of years, we were able to start a plumbing division. And then in, again, in 2018, we were able to expand into Melbourne. With the expansion, obviously, comes your hurdles. And just through my learnings of business, I thought, what better way to grow the Aussie name than to be via a franchising model? And in 2020, here we are today, just going live with that with that offering for both plumbing and electrical as our first offering to kind of grow the brand nationwide. It's an amazing story, Andrew. So, 2004, you do your apprenticeship. 2009, after five years, you break out on your own, and you really, you know, the, some of the learnings that you must have had in working for enterprises like McDonald's and the New South Wales and, and government and what have you must have really been quite an amazing learning curve. And then to branch out into residential, which is another part of the market, and then have to learn marketing and so, so much learning. People talk about the learning curves of starting your own 
business and surrounding yourself with people who can help you on that curve. Talk us through that, Andrew, because I mean, how have you built your team? I know that you are one of the most astute chief executives that I know and your passion for your customers and data is second to none. But how did you go about learning and building that team, you know, over that sort of journey? Look, I mean, it's definitely a trial and error process. In the early days when you are starting out in business, I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. It is definitely a challenge, but it just comes with experience and trying to understand what drives an individual and what motivates them to come to work every day. So people just assume money is the absolute driver, which it isn't. Some people want to spend more time with their family. They just want to work their, you know, their normal hours. Some people are money driven. They want to do the overtime. They want to work on a commission or some type of bonus structure, and that's what drives them. So you need to understand what drives an individual and work towards that to kind of keep them motivated to come to work every day and obviously keep them as a, as a team member for the long term. So really having a clear understanding of, of that passion is so critical. And how important is having a team around you? So, you know, who does Andrew Curry get his inspiration from? Because you're such a passionate person. I see you with your staff. I see you with your customers. I see you with your suppliers. I had the good fortune of working alongside you and for you. And you're someone who's always very calm, you know, very articulate. How have you been able to, you know, who inspires? And of course, I expect you to say Jennifer, but who inspires you? Have you built that team around you? Look, I mean, the, the calmness definitely didn't come overnight. I guess it comes with experience uh, over many years of mistakes and, and learnings. So the, definitely the calmness is something that comes in time. I think the best way to put it is in order to be a leader, you need to always be in that calm mindset, right? So when people look to you for advice, uh, for mentorship, you're the, you're the type of person that's always flying off the handle who's always angry and always, you know, yelling and screaming at people, that's not really considered a leader. So, you know, you need to kind of be a person who provides that kind of calmness and advice. And so people can know, know that they can come to you if there's an issue. If someone makes a mistake on the field, they need to know that they can confidently call you and not be yelled at. So that's something definitely that comes again with time. In terms of my inspiration and, you know, who inspires me around my team, it's definitely, obviously, as you mentioned, my partner, Jennifer. I mean, she's been involved from day one in the business. So she's always been the backbone, uh, the silent partner of the business, so to speak, who's always there to support. Definitely the guys I have within my team today are definitely an inspiration. I mean, they've been with me now. I think one of the guys, the shortest period of time has been two years. The rest have been on average four to five. So, I mean, that just goes to show the retention rate is quite low. And I guess even people like yourself, Chuk, I mean, we've known each other for quite a while now. And people like you, I can always kind of come to for advice and just bounce ideas off that uh, you kind of keep me going on a day-to-day basis. And right back at you, I think the beauty and the insight there for all the people listening here is Andrew is such a humble person. He's always seeking to learn, right? And and really, you know, I, I see him engaging with his suppliers, even with the commercial vendors of banks and what have you. And there's always this two-way learning going on. So a really amazing learning. Earlier, Andrew, you mentioned the fact that, you know, when you pivoted and you, you really started building the Aussie brand into residential, you started to become quite enthusiastic or really focused on marketing and lead generation and what have you. And I guess it's a hustle every day, I would have thought, to, to try and sort of demand, to generate a lead. What did you learn through that phase? I mean, A, how did you go about it? Uh, like in terms of, okay, you know, expanding from Sydney to Melbourne, then into franchise. How do you go about hustling every day to actually grow the brand? And what did you learn through that period? Marketing is definitely probably the second hardest thing to kind of get your head around. Again, in the early days, it was definitely a learning curve, trying to understand what works for the business, what doesn't work for the business. Generally, just 
purely through trial and error. We tried, basically tried everything. Whatever there is that you can try in marketing to generate leads for your business, we've, we've done there and we've tried it, right? And we've been able to refine it over the years to see which works, what works best for our business and obviously build from that and try and just to maintain that kind of lead flow, that lead funnel, so to speak, for the business. I mean, there's so many different ways to generate leads for your business today. And obviously there's so many people out there who claim to be, I guess, digital marketing experts. And uh, it's about trying to work your way to see who, who actually knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. It's so true. And I think that whole concept of trial and error, I think something that you do particularly well, another great insight for, I mean, your ability to measure and have systems and I don't think I've ever met a CEO in a business who's got such good processes for really understanding the whole value stream and value chain, but your ability to, as you call it, trial and error and be agile, you know, when something's working, you you dial it up. When it's not working, you you try and learn and measure. How important has measurement and recording and, and, and what have you been in that context for your business? It's the most important part, I would say. Without measuring what kind of leads are coming through and where they're coming from, you're kind of running blind, right? And you need to track and measure every single phone call every single online inquiry that comes into your business. Because if you don't do that, how do you know what's working and what doesn't? It is the most important thing, I believe. And without it, you will literally fall flat on your face. I think that measurement that's a value is very, very important to me, but it's, it's something that clearly has been a focus of yours. You mentioned earlier, and one thing I love about you is that you don't just use the word customer service. I see it in your values on your website. I see it in your call centers when I, when I walk through there. I see it in the way you engage your customers. You know, for businesses, their reputation is everything, right? And it's a small world, right? So, you know, what goes around comes around. Talk to me about your customers and customer service and A, why that's important and B, how you actually go about really making the customer everything that's Aussie's good about because you really do do that. Look, when it comes to customer service, try to overcomplicate things. The best way I like to put it is, I mean, how would you like to be treated when someone comes into your home? So, in other words, if I was a customer and an electrician or plumber came to my home, how would I like to be treated or how would I like that person to engage or interact with me? That's the way I kind of go into it thinking and that's how I kind of train my guys to go into a customer's home and how to treat them. At the end of the day, that's their castle and so you need to treat them with respect but also go in there with confidence to show the customer that you are here to fix the problem and you know what the issue is and how you're going to, to fix it for them. And there you go. I love it in the background as we go live, Andrew, you've got a customer calling you. I love it. And it only rang once. That's how good the Aussie guys didn't, didn't even ring twice. There you go. I love it. But you know what? I, I love that concept, Andrew, around you know, treat people the way you'd like to be treated. It's pretty simple. And we've got to arrive at a place in the world where we make everything so complex, don't we? Absolutely. It's, there is kind of a fine art, I guess, the customer service, but it's not a complicated one. But it also comes down to how would you like to be treated if someone would come into your home and kind of replicate that for yourself when you're entering someone's home? I think that's absolutely magnificent. There's this concept that business never stops. Uh, you know, I grew up in a family business and, you know, where we used to discuss the business around the table and I know we're near as successful uh, as you, although my father would kill me for saying that, but he, had a, he was successful in his own right. In this world where business really never stops, you've got uh, so many staff and a call centre that's 24-7, you're across multiple locations, multiple franchises. How do you switch off? How do you actually recharge? What processes have you got in place so that when Andrew steps away and takes a break, you know, that focus on customer service, that passion for the business, the Aussie brand keeps rolling? 
So essentially our business is 24-7, so we never close, right? So it's a good question that you raise because obviously, because we are 24-7, I mean, I can't be at the uh, phone or the computer 24 hours a day myself. I would obviously drive myself to the ground going bad, right? So obviously we have procedures in place where obviously at a certain time, we've got an after-hours answering service that we've trained to answer the phones the same way we would do during the day. And obviously they've got access to our scheduling system. They have the on-call roster in the event that is an after-hours emergency. They know who's on call, they know who to contact, and obviously the jobs are still completed without me being involved during those times. So it's definitely something that's important to kind of get down pat in terms of your procedure when you're not in the business, especially after hours. And that's one of the things that we have implemented. Uh, even on weekends, the same process. So it's definitely very important and something that we've been able to implement over the years. Something, Andrew, that's really struck me with you early and when we first met all those years ago and I really see come to life every day through Aussie is really strong corporations. And I'm talking you know, with thousands and thousands of employees struggle to have you know, really robust processes and procedures, as you refer to them. And something that, you know, you've done really, really well at Aussie, you've got really strong sense of role clarities across each of your, your staff. So everyone's really clear as to the, their role purpose, what they're accountable for, their KPIs, your procedures and your processes are probably as good as I've seen anywhere, even in enterprise. You've had a big focus in the last four or five years on your brand and also technology plays a big part clearly. So did that just come about through you seeking to improve or what have you? I mean, because now you've got a really robust business. I know the private equity world would love a business like Aussie. How did that come about? Is that just something that you've consistently built on? Look, I'm not a big fan of micromanaging. Um, I never have been. And I've always kind of had the, I guess, the thought that if you come on board as a team member of Aussie, that you need to kind of put your big boy pants on and kind of take responsibility for yourself in your own kind of day. So what that means is we'll provide you your day, your day in advance so you know what your schedule looks like and you know obviously you need to structure yourself in a way where you know what you need to accomplish for your day and you don't need me on your shoulders asking you every half an hour you know where are you what what are you up to kind of the i put in trust in them that they understand that they need to get to their jobs within a certain period of time nobody is kind of you know taking the piss so to speak everyone knows they're in to do a hard day's work in the event that you know someone does that there are procedures in place that we can track them obviously through the scheduling but we to be honest these days everyone knows their place everyone gets about their day in a, in a timely manner and everyone can get to go home and spend time with their family you know it's just it's what it's all about right it's a bit of balance i actually witnessed it firsthand it was probably about a year and a half ago now i got to spend the day for all of our listeners out in sydney actually we were in bondi with a couple of andrew's staff and you see the process come to life you actually see them work that process from customer to customer you actually see them live the brand it's more than just the logo on their on their uniform and on their truck and what have you, you see the way they engage the customer in fact i came back and said to andrew do these two guys own the company because it was quite amazing but my question there and it's a credit to the way you've implemented technology and process in your business andrew my question is around staff so your staff are so engaged what, what have you learned along the way and how do you actually keep your staff really acting like it is their own business? I love your, you know, your big boy pants uh, philosophy, but how do you actually keep them so engaged that, you know, your customer satisfaction is so high, but your employee satisfaction is probably higher? Look, I mean, definitely catching up with them on a uh, regular basis is very important. At one stage, we were doing weekly meetings. At the moment, it's probably every fortnight. You know, in the early days when I guess they were kind of new on board to the team, 
we would definitely do weekly meetings and we would go over certain aspects of their day. So whether it be a job that they've previously attended, you know, why did they feel that they could have, what they feel they could have done better? Why was the job unsuccessful? Explaining to them, you know, how they could have approached the job in a different way. They had any concerns about, you know, how they presented the quote. Could they have done it in a more cost-effective way? These are little things that we would go over on, on a regular basis for them to kind of feel more confidence when they were entering a customer's home. That's definitely a, a very important part for them to kind of feel motivated on a, on a regular basis. It's a, it's a real credit to you. It's a credit to yourself, to Jennifer and your whole uh, leadership team at Aussie. Well done. I've got a couple more questions and then I actually want to just talk to you a, a little bit about the world we find ourselves right in now with COVID. You know, obviously, you, humble beginnings with you doing your apprenticeship in 2004 and then kicking off for yourself in 2009. So you've got almost 12 years of amazing growth and you started on the electrical side, then into plumbing from Sydney into Melbourne. Talk to me about the future. Is, is Aussie going to take over the whole world? Is there more to do? And I mean, obviously you can't disclose everything uh, on the Chiefs because otherwise everyone's going to copy you. But talk to me about the, the future of this amazing brand. So look, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, my plan is definitely to, to grow a nationwide franchise. I've always had visions of growth. I mean, obviously, I guess I'm never content with what I have in that sense. I guess that could be a negative or a positive, depending on how you look at it. But definitely growth is uh, on the agenda here at Aussie. So our plan is most definitely to grow via franchising model. And I think the main reason we are just we have decided to do that is to get on board, you know, I guess other wouldn't say qualified, like I said, the motivated individuals who kind of have the same passion for business that maybe I would. Um, however, they haven't had the, the advantage of learning of systems or processes that maybe I had in my time in business, and I can pass on that knowledge to them. And it's almost like a shortcut for them, James, where all the mistakes that I've made along the way, they're essentially getting a shortcut to business where all the mistakes I've made, they don't have to make them anymore, and they get to just jump right into the business, I guess, with a shortcut, and away they go. You know what? I love that word. I, I love your passion, but I love that word passion, especially coming from you because it's it's who you are. But, you know, I mean, passion is definitely what's, well, uh, passion, hard work, discipline, process is definitely what got Aussie to the level it's at today. And I, I love the fact that you were more focused on getting people who are like-minded to come into your system because, you know what, that that's what sets you aside. I think you've got such a robust business system that it really doesn't matter what vertical and such a great brand. I'm really, really excited. I mean, uh, we might have to just go and find some passionate people like you because I actually think that's what's going to uh, drive people to actually want to come on board with Aussie, but what's going to drive their success for them too. So yeah, congratulations to you. Now, listen, I want to ask you some questions. You know, I'm in Melbourne as we speak and we're still locked up down here. Uh, Andrew, we haven't got the freedoms like, like you guys up in Sydney. And and I know in business, I always learned from my father, you got to take the good with the bad because owning a business is like that. You know what? There's recessions, there's good times, there's bad times. First of all, how has COVID impacted your business or your industry? Look, I mean, there's definitely been an effect in Melbourne, uh, more so than Sydney, which is an obvious thing to, to realise. So, you know, one thing that I did very early on when we obviously heard of the COVID challenges was a big push on brands, trying to push the branding of our business harder through public channels. So we, we just, uh, in the beginning of the year, we did a major uh, radio campaign on 2GB, just really trying to push the brand of Aussie out there, trying to get ourselves to become more of a household name rather than just someone that you find on Google and just get them out there to fix your, your tap or your PowerPoints and then just forget who we are after that. So it's all about building the brand. So implemented some really 
large-scale uh, direct drop uh, media into people's mailboxes. Existing clientele, not only that, new clientele. One thing that I didn't mention was we have a membership database that we frequently uh, visit on a yearly basis. So during the COVID period, we reached out to them via direct mail and also email just to advise them that we are COVID safe. We have done you know, adequate COVID training and that obviously we are still open for business and we can still service you in a COVID safe way. So those are things that we went kind of into straight away to make sure that the existing clients and also new clients knew that we're open for business. We're here. We have, we have been here for you know, over 10 years and we're still going to be around for, for years to come. You know what I love about that, Andrew, is, you know, what, and it's been an, um, I hate using the word, but an unprecedented time. And we've seen different reactions from different business, different opinions, different governments respond differently. But think about more and medium-sized businesses in Australia. You know, the ones that sort of curled up and were waiting for, for things to, to get better, those guys are probably struggling the most. But what I heard from you is, you know, you focused on brand, doubling down and communicating more with your customers, more with your suppliers, more with the market. And that's why you, you've got such a trusted brand. I know some of the independent research that we've seen on the Aussie brand is you're one of the most trusted brands in Australia. And I think it's because you didn't curl up. You actually said, okay, I've got to get on. It is scary. I've, you know, we can all agree on that but doing nothing's not going to help. So you got on the front foot and you really doubled down. And even through your memberships, I know talking to your clients and reassuring them that you were COVID safe, it's a real credit to you. So I think, would it be fair to say that your your ability to really engage your clients and communicate has held you in good stead through this really difficult period? Absolutely. Anyone in business will tell you that it's always better to kind of service the same clientele that you have uh, rather than trying to constantly chase new clients year in, year out. I mean, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, isn't it? If you're constantly chasing new clientele over and over again, you're better off just providing a great service. And obviously your existing clientele will always be there to pick up the phone and call you if they require your service. Yeah, and that's so beautifully put. You know, we, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the future because I'm, I'm tired. Everyone, you know, everyone talks about COVID normal and, uh, you know, business getting back to a new kind of normal and speaking of the future, we keep, keep talking about, you know, that all of this goes away and business as usual. But the truth is the world's never going to be the same again. So might get back to some sort of normal in the future, but you've got to create your new normal, which is what you're trying to do. So, so what do you think the world looks like on the other side of COVID? And what advice would you give to other businesses who are maybe now wondering, oh my God, how do I plan for the future? Has the future already changed in your mind? Oh, it definitely has. The other side of COVID, I mean, uh, you know, for some people in business, I would say it's been a great opportunity. For others, I would say it's been an absolute disaster, depending obviously what industry you, you might have been in. And obviously that's really uh, you know, sad to see. However, there are definitely some great opportunities out there in the market to take advantage of post-COVID. But I think that people, uh, if they were to you know, dig around, they'll definitely find some great opportunity. I know from our perspective, at the moment, we are only offering a plumbing and electrical franchise, which means you need to be obviously a licensed individual. And the reason, and when obviously we're looking to hopefully in the future grow from that into other types of industries that's obviously our bigger plan and that's obviously post-covid a great opportunity in the service industry for people who have perhaps been made redundant to find a new career you know in the cool. industry i think there's a big opportunity 
I love that. I love that pragmatism. The other thing that I love about you, earlier in, in the conversation, you spoke about you're a great preparer. I know that the diligence in your business comes to, a lot down to the value, value preparation and really knowledge and making sure perfect preparation drives the outcome of the business. So we can never over-prepare. I know that's a philosophy that you had. And I also know that no one in the world could have seen this crisis coming, you know, because uh, if we had, we might have all prepared for it. But what are some of the tips that you would give to small businesses in particular? Because I know you you go through this preparation process every year and you won't sit here and tell me this, but but I know that some of that that process probably held you in good stead for COVID. Is there some, some preparation or, or some tips that you can give to the broader audience that you take on board that's probably helped you through this phase, but something that they could carry forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really kind of make sure that you put a lot of emphasis on your brand. It's not, it's not just a business name at the end of the day. People will remember you from your brand. So obviously making sure that you give a great quality customer service. Uh, make sure that your branding is strong in the sense that when you do a job for a customer, that you do leave something behind so they can remember you from that branding. And then obviously making sure your touch point with your customers is constant, uh, not too constant in the sense that it's harassing, but in the constant in the sense that they, they can remember who you are on a regular basis. As I mentioned before, to acquire a new customer versus to maintain an existing customer, the price difference is huge. That would be the best advice I could give somebody in, in small business, absolutely. Again, it's customer service. Look, Andrew, I've, uh, I've probably taken 20 more minutes than I said I would take from your uh, busy day, maybe even more than that, but I can't thank you uh, enough. So many learnings around accountability. It's a lonely road, but really the heart of the, the accountability model for Aussie, uh, Andrew's always been there. It's a long and lonely road, but, you know, staying on that course and on that plan. So accountability, making connections. I don't think anybody could probably be a better mentor than Andrew Curry in the way he's actually never ashamed about saying, hey, can I learn a little bit? Totally different industry. Can I learn a little bit more about that? He's an entrepreneur, I think, above all entrepreneurs, someone who's constantly looking for feedback, really willing to change off the back of evidence and hard data. Another great insight from Andrew. We didn't talk a lot about it today, but Andrew is someone who really, because of the focus on process and planning and what have you, the bottom line is incredibly important. That obviously is the truth component of the decision making and really, you know, drives cash flow. Cost-effective marketing. He spoke constantly about his ability to measure his marketing and really make sure it was resonating and driving cash flow and spoke about ideation, innovation, staying focused, customers, leading by example, so many great insights. And when I think of entrepreneurs and I think of chiefs, you know, I'm always thinking of Andrew at the top of that list. He's an absolute superstar. Andrew Curry, the Aussie brand is a ripper. I actually may invest in a franchise myself if I can find some something that I can be good at. But maybe if I hang around you long enough, you can point me in the in the right direction. Here's to you and your Aussie brand. Congratulations and thank you. Thanks for having me on, James. I really appreciate it. All the best. Good on you. Thanks, Andrew. The Chiefs.